welcome to the podcast of Follow Baptist Church. Our vision and mission is to follow Jesus in our community for His glory. We hope and pray that you are blessed, challenged and inspired by this message. For more information on Follow Church, you can visit our website at www.followchurch.com.au. Okay, we're going to be opening up the Living Word of God. Uh, We're looking today at two separate passages, uh, John chapter 14, verse 1 to 7, and then Matthew chapter 7, verse 13 and 14. So I encourage you to grab your Bibles out and open them up. If you haven't got a Bible, uh, there should be some baskets in the aisle. Paul's covering that one up. He's hoarding them to himself, but there's several around. So if you want a Bible, uh, grab one of those and you are welcome to use that today. You're also welcome to take it home if you haven't got one at home as well. So let's read, first of all, John chapter 14, verses 1 to 7. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me so that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you are going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Okay, and flipping over to Matthew chapter 7, verse 13 and 14. Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it, but small is the gate, and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. Amen. Pastor Dave is going to get up to share with us now. Thank you, Hayden. Good morning, everyone. The title of today's message is Jesus is the Way. Hopefully that will become clear as we get through the message. As you probably know, Easter is coming up in three weeks' time. And so we're starting a new series leading up to Easter. And the series is called Jesus Is. It's called Jesus Is because, as you hopefully know, Easter is all about Jesus. I know some people think it's about a super long weekend and holidays and chocolate, but in actual fact, Easter is about Jesus. Same as Christmas. Some people think Christmas is about holidays and presents and family and food and Boxing Day sales. But actually, believe it or not, Christmas is also about Jesus, the same Jesus. At Christmas time, we celebrate the birth, 2,000 years ago, of a boy called Jesus. Became known as Jesus the Christ, or we call him Jesus Christ. On Good Friday, we commemorate, we remember the death of Jesus, an innocent man who was nailed to a cross and crucified because of what other people had done. And then on Easter Sunday, my favourite day of the year, we celebrate, we rejoice the resurrection of Jesus. So Easter is all about Jesus. And the events of Easter are the most significant, the most powerful, the most important, the most impactful, if that's even a word, 
events in human history, the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. So that's why our series leading up to Easter is all about Jesus. It's called Jesus Is, and today we're looking at Jesus Is The Way. Over the next couple of weeks, we'll look at Jesus Is The Life, Jesus Is The Truth. On Good Friday, we'll talk about the sacrifice, and on Easter Sunday, we'll talk about the resurrection of Jesus. So Jesus is important. And not only is Easter all about Jesus, but if you've been coming to this church for a while, or if you can read, you will know that the vision of this church is... Jesus, thank you both. Excellent. Good to hear. The vision of this church is? Jesus. Jesus. That's exactly right. So Jesus is important. We talk about Jesus. We preach about Jesus. We try to live like Jesus. We try to point people to Jesus. We try to lead people to Jesus. We try to reflect Jesus. We try to do everything we can to bring people to Jesus. So when you come to this church, I hope and I pray that you will always hear people talk about Jesus because Jesus is important. In Matthew chapter 7, that Hayden just read for us, a little bit of context, this is part of the Sermon on the Mount, uh, one of the most uh, important, one of the most often quoted speeches in recorded human history, is Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. And partway through that sermon, Jesus says that the path to life is narrow and difficult and only a few people ever find it. Why is the path so narrow? Is God trying to keep people out by making this a really narrow, difficult path? Well, actually, no. In fact, it's the opposite. First Timothy tells us that God wants everyone to be saved and to understand the truth. Second Peter 3 says that God does not want anyone to be destroyed. He wants everyone to repent. So God didn't make this path narrow to keep people out. In fact, the path is narrow because few people choose to follow that path. I don't know if you've ever seen like a pathway across a field or or through a forest, and if it's a forest, if it's a path that only one person uses once a week, well, it's very difficult to see, isn't it? You can hardly find your way. But you get a pathway that several people use several times a day up and down, and very quickly it becomes broad and wide and flat and very easy to see the pathway. I kind of sometimes picture in my mind two roads. One road is like a single lane, uphill, a bit windy, a few speed bumps. Hard to see. The other one is just eight-lane highway, no speed bumps, no... No road works, just eight lanes of East Link, just go for it. And um, just like East Link, it's downhill all the way, but, and just like East Link, the, st- the sting is in the cross at the end. But, um, but that's how I picture this, this, the broad, easy road. See, the broad road is popular because it seems to offer success and fame and fortune and wealth and pleasure. The broad road is popular because it focuses on me. It looks great but it leads to destruction. The path to hell is wide. It's all downhill because you can focus on yourself. So the highway to hell is filled with people who are are worried about themselves. My status, my pleasure, my wealth, my fun, my opinion, my way, my stuff, mine, 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 me, me, me. Maybe you've met some people like that. The broad road seems good, but it leads to death. And the narrow path is the path to life. The narrow path is not narrow because God is trying to keep people out. In fact, again, the opposite. Jesus allowed his own, sorry, God allowed his own son, Jesus, to suffer and die on the cross specifically and deliberately so that we could find the narrow path to heaven. The narrow path is only narrow because very few people choose to follow that path. See, where's the, the broad path is all about me. The narrow way is all about Jesus. 
It's about less of me and more of him. The narrow path is all about sacrifice and service and devotion and humility and obedience. Doesn't sound so much fun, does it? It's all about generosity and giving. The narrow path is about feeding the hungry and caring for the poor and the sick, about helping the helpless. It's about loving the unlovely. The narrow path is about denying yourself. It's about taking up your cross and following Jesus. It's about humbling yourself. It's about being holy. The narrow path is for those who can pray with conviction, your will be done, your kingdom come. Well, other way around. Your kingdom come, your will be done, and not my will, but yours. It's about laying down your life. It's about seeking first and foremost, above everything else, the kingdom of God and his righteousness. It's not such an attractive path, is it? But it's the path that leads to life. It's not an easy road, but it leads to life. So how can we find that narrow path? Jesus is the way. The context of John chapter 14 that Hayden also read for us is this is the Last Supper, what we call the Last Supper. Jesus has just shared um, what he called Passover with his friends. We now call this the Last Supper. And he's been talking to them about his death and explaining to them what is going to happen. And then he says, but let not your hearts be troubled. I'm going to prepare a place. To try to put this into the, the Aussie, Aussie version, the Aussie lingo, Jesus is going, now, fellas, listen up. Life is going to be very tough for a little while. But don't stress. Just chill. It's going to be okay. All right? I'm going up to heaven. I'm going to get it all ready. And I'm going to make a way so that where I am, you can also be. It's going to be cool. Jesus says, interestingly, he says, in my father's house, there are many rooms. So even though the pathway is narrow, when we get there, there is plenty of room. Jesus has made many rooms for everyone. He's not trying to keep people out. It's just that few people choose that path. And then Jesus says, I'm going to prepare a place, and you know the way. But Thomas is confused. He doesn't know, and he says, how can we know the way? And Jesus gives a great answer. You know, sometimes people ask a question, and they just want a straight answer, don't they? Sometimes when I'm at home, I ask, Where, where's this? And I, where do you think it is? Well, I wouldn't be asking if I, didn't, if I knew. <laughs> sometimes we just need a really straight answer in life, don't we? Um, Tracy, you see her, so I can't even invoke Luke's uh, what stays in the church you know, law. But anyway, you know what I mean. I, w- I was reading just recently about a, about a judge who was in, sitting in court and there was a, an, an offender being questioned and the offender was being very evasive with his answers and the judge was getting frustrated and the, the lawyers asked the guy, where do you live? And the defendant said, oh, here and there. Oh, do you work? Oh, now and then. What do you do with yourself? Oh, this and that. And the judge got really frustrated. He said, right, stop, just take him away, lock him up. Next, next case. And the defendant was all agitated. He said, but, but, but sir, judge, your honour, when am I going to get out? And the judge said, oh, sooner or later. <laughs> but here, Thomas asks, how can we know the way? And Jesus gives a very clear, very straight, very concise answer. Jesus says, I am the way. Now, what I think Jesus meant by that was that he is the way. And when I say that Jesus is the way, what I'm trying to say to you is that Jesus is the way. I hope all that makes sense. It's a very, it's a very great answer. <laughs> the Bible tells us that Jesus is the way to heaven. And not a way, but the way. If you know me, you know I love planes, love flying. And uh, one of the busiest airports in Central America is the Cali Airport in, in, in Colombia. 
CALI Carly Airport. It's, it's busy because it's open 24 hours a day. Unlike a lot of other major airports, this, it's not built right in the major population centre, so it doesn't have to close you know, out of respect for people who are sleeping. It's actually built 14 kilometres away from the city where it serves, so planes come and go 24 hours a day and then people can just commute into the city. And the approach to Carly Airport is down a long, narrow valley. There's only one runway, only one way in, just fly down the valley, but it's, so obviously planes are coming in at night, so they can't see how they go, see where they're going until they get to the runway and see the airport lights. And so as they come down the valley, the only way they can find their way in is to follow the directions exactly right. And to make this happen, they've set up a series of navigation beacons all the way down, and the, the plane just simply has to follow these beacons, and they know that at this one they need to be 10,000 feet, and by this one, 5,000 feet, by this one, 2,000 feet. And if they follow directions, they land safely, and it's a great system, and it's well, well designed. On December 20, 1995, an American Airlines uh, plane was flying to Cali. It left the States, flew through the night, coming into land at Cali Airport. And as they were on approach, the, the control tower told them the next beacon was the ROZO, R-O-Z-O, the ROZO beacon. That was the next one they had to, to program in. So the, the captain uh, typed the R into his aircraft you know, navigation system, and he straight away saw that up came a beacon in Columbia, and he pressed enter. And then he kept, continued going with his, his pre-flight, his pre-landing checklist, him and the first officer. See, unbeknownst to the captain, there was another navigation beacon in Colombia, which is the Romeo, R-O-M-E-O, -E the Romeo beacon. So obviously that comes, alphabetically, it comes just before Rozo. The problem is that the Romeo navigation beacon is in a different valley on a different flight path for a different airport. And so the aircraft was homing in on the Romeo beacon. And while the captain and his first officer continued with their checklist, the plane began to veer away to the left, heading towards his other beacon. And uh, pretty soon the control tower lost contact, lost contact with the aircraft, and uh, it had flown into the side of a mountain and killed 159 people. See, the, the captain, his intentions were good. He wanted to land safely at his chosen destination, but unbeknownst to him, he was following the wrong direction with tragic consequences. In our life, as we navigate our way through this life, we all want to safely arrive at our chosen eternal destination, which is heaven but we need to be following the right direction. We can't just type in R for religion into our you know, inbuilt navigation system and just hope that all roads lead to heaven eventually because it doesn't actually work that way. The Bible tells us that Jesus is the way and the only way. And it's not just here where Jesus says, I am the way. In other places too, Acts chapter 4 says, there is salvation in no one else. God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. 1 Timothy 2 says there is only one God and only one mediator who can reconcile God and humanity, and that is Jesus Christ. And John 3.36 says anyone who believes in God's Son has eternal life, but anyone who doesn't obey the Son will never experience eternal life. This may not be popular, this is not trendy, this is not cool, this is not politically correct, but if you believe that God's word is true, as I do, there is only one conclusion to draw, and that is that Jesus is the way. The way. The only way. So the broad road that leads to hell does not only include the selfish, egocentric, self-absorbed people. It might also include successful people, respectable people, hard-working people, nice people, maybe even 
church-going people. In fact, ultimately, according to the Bible, the broad road includes everyone who does not believe in Jesus. If you don't know Jesus and love Jesus and obey Jesus, ultimately, you're on the wrong path. I don't know all of you intimately. I don't know which path you're on. I don't know where you all stand with Jesus. But I hope and I pray that you will all understand and appreciate and realise the significance of what I'm saying to you today, that Jesus is the way, the only way to heaven. According to the Bible, which has been proven to be true in a thousand other ways, according to the Bible, God's inspired word, God's infallible scripture, Jesus is the way. Jesus is the way that human beings can be forgiven. Jesus is the way that human human beings can be reconciled with God. Jesus is the way for us to spend eternity in heaven. Jesus is the way. Uh, Luke and Tracy both like to um, point out to me my lack of creativity. My, uh, my brain is wired in a very strong on the logical side and not so great on the creative side. But here's a little poem that, that I wrote just to show there's a spark of creation in there somewhere um, a few years ago. And in my mind, this is actually part of a song, but I think the nicest thing I can do for you today is to not try to sing the song, but simply read out a little bit of... Um, part of this as a poem. Everybody looks for satisfaction, trying to find the answer to it all. Everybody looks for a distraction to try to stop the hurting when they fall. Everybody's looking for salvation, trying to find contentment for their soul. Everybody wants a revelation, but Jesus is the answer to it all. Everybody's looking for perfection, thinking if they're good, they'll make it through. But can't you see it's all a big deception? Jesus is the only hope for you. That's the end of my creativity. That <laughs> uh, was 1986 I wrote that. I've never read it out in public before, so there you go. Um, but even in this life, so Jesus is the way to eternal life, but even in this life there are times when we need guidance, we need direction, we need help. When I was 23, this is before I met Tracy, I was young and single, and I went on a, a short-term mission trip to Hong Kong. I spent three weeks uh, in Hong Kong, uh, travelled by myself and met some other people from all over the world, and we all worked together, and it was fantastic, one of the best experiences of my life. But this one particular evening, uh, we had no, none of our mission work on, and so a group of us caught a bus, and we went to one of the night markets in Hong Kong. And uh, so we were doing a bit of shopping and getting some bargains, and... I was there on my own, other people were there in pairs or groups, but I was shopping away and I'd look around every so often and I could see there's the English guys and there's the Dutch guys and there's the Norwegian girls. And so I knew I was surrounded by friends, but I was shopping, buying things for family and friends back home and getting a few bargains. And after a while, I sort of looked around and noticed that I could not see any of my friends anymore. And I noticed that people were starting to pack up some of the stalls and I thought, oh, it must be the end. So I found my way back to the bus stop and none of my friends were there and the bus had gone. In fact, the last bus had left and I realised that I was lost and alone in a foreign city. I didn't know where I was, didn't know where I was supposed to be and I had absolutely no idea how to get from where I was to where I was supposed to be. 
Um, I didn't speak Chinese. In fact, when I first arrived in China, or in Hong Kong, I had actually deliberately learned two Chinese phrases that I thought might come in useful. I met a guy and he taught me, and I can still remember them. Uh, the first phrase he taught me was Wu Budong Guangdonghua, which means I do not speak Chinese. <laughs> and um, although, as I later discovered, there's actually two languages in China. There's Cantonese in the southern part and Mandarin in the northern part. And this guy taught me the Cantonese words to say, oh, I do not speak Mandarin. So it wasn't all that helpful anyway. <laughs> and it, it was certainly no use to me in that particular uh, situation. Um, the other phrase I had learned, being a young and single guy, um, I was sort of hoping I might meet somebody. So he taught me to say, Ni Hen Mei Li, which means you are very beautiful. But um, I, I didn't get to use that one either. So here I was, uh, lost and alone in a foreign city with no idea how to get home. And so I prayed. And I remembered that the bus came down this road and it was a pretty major road and I couldn't recall there being too many turns, at least for the first little bit. So I thought, well, I'll, I'll walk. And I prayed and I walked and I walked and I prayed. And I thought about my family and friends back home and wondered what they would all think if I just vanished somewhere in Hong Kong and no one ever knew what happened. And I prayed, and I walked, and I walked, and I prayed. Eventually, I found my way home. I have no idea how to this day. It took an hour, hour and a half of walking. But then there was, oh, I remember that. And then there's, there's the building where we're staying, and I found my way home. And all the other guys in there were like, ah, oh, we knew you'd be OK. We had confidence in God. And I was thinking, yeah, well, yeah. Thanks, thanks, guys. But my only conclusion to draw from that experience is that even in this life, when we are lost, when we need hope, when we need help, when we need guidance, we need need direction, Jesus is the way. Because I found my way home and I have no other explanation. On Friday evening, just gone at youth group, just down the road, we had a choose your own adventure night. And Beth McFan, not sure if Beth's here today, but one of our youth leaders, it was her turn to organise the evening. And so she had a whole bunch of different activities and the kids had a great time. And Beth also had a devotional thought for the young people. That even in, in this life, we always get to choose our own adventure. Beth explained to them that from an eternal perspective, there's ultimately only two choices, the narrow road or the broad road. We choose Jesus or we choose not Jesus. That's the only choices we have from, from an eternal perspective. But in everyday life, we're constantly choosing our own adventure, making decisions, what to wear, what to eat, where to go, the people we hang out with, what we watch, what we read, the things we say, the places we go. We choose our career, we choose who to vote for, we choose a whole bunch of things in this life. And some of them are more significant than others, but we can also always choose to do things God's way or to do things our own way. So God gave us a whole stack of guidelines, principles, how, how he wants us to live, how we should live, but we get to choose. Do we do it God's way or our own way? We can choose to go and make disciples and teach them to obey everything that Jesus taught us. Or we can just choose to live our life according to our own agenda. We can choose to feed the hungry, or we can choose to store up treasures on earth for ourselves. We can choose, like Philippians 4 tells us, to focus our minds on things that are good and true and right and pure and honourable and noble and praiseworthy and above reproach. Or we can choose to just fill our minds with whatever rubbish happens to be on TV or the movies or the internet. We can choose to save ourselves from marriage, or we can just choose it. Ah, it doesn't matter, whatever. As Dave explained at communion, we can choose to repent and look to Jesus. Or we can just choose to carry on living my life, my way, on my terms, for my pleasure. 
We can choose to follow the crowd on the broad road to destruction, or we can choose to follow Jesus on the narrow way that leads to life. We can choose to go our own way, or we can acknowledge that Jesus is the way. I hope and I pray that all of us will choose Jesus. Let's pray. Father God, we're always humbled when we get to Easter time and we remember what you have done for us. And we remember the truth of your words that you are the way. I pray that all of us will put our faith in you, make the choices to live for you in this life and to spend eternity with you in heaven. Amen.